Hello, I'm Billy, and this is the Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast, where we discuss how to give our children a head start in life and teach them some basic principles of success that will serve them well in adult life. This podcast is about the lessons that are often not taught in school, and it's up to us as parents to shine the light and coach our kiddos. Things like building their confidence, developing integrity, and a strong work ethic, shaping a worldview. It will also be about cultivating emotional intelligence skills, money mindset, personal growth habits, to name a few. I'm a mom of three young girls, and my mission is to raise them to be good humans, happy and fulfilled adults. Join me on my quest to learn more ways to parent with intent and raise thriving kids. I'm here to create a space where you feel supported and inspired to bring these lessons into your home and try them out. Let's dive in. Hi everyone. Today's episode is a short but very potent conversation with Mona Andre, a single mother of four who shares her inspiring story and her transformation from a struggling single mother to an accomplished writer. Mona is a top 100 humor blogger, columnist, the author of Superwoman, a funny and reflective look at single motherhood, and she's also the host of the Single Moms with Moxie podcast. Mona's kids have already grown into young adults, but in this interview, we reflect back on what it's like to raise a large family on your own. As usual, at the end of the episode, I give you the takeaways from our conversation to help you put some new ideas into practice. Enjoy! Hi, Mona. Welcome to Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast. I'm so happy I have the chance to talk to you and learn from you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm really pleased to be here. You're a single mom of four, an author, an award-winning humor blogger, a speaker. As a mom of three myself, I'm truly impressed how you managed to do it all. Please share with us your inspiring story and your transformation from a struggling single mother to an accomplished writer. Well, first of all, my hat off to you, three children. I'm looking at you and you're so young. <laughs> Good Thank for you. you. I was a single mom for, now I'm still a single mom, but my kids now are young adults. But yeah, it's been a journey and I have two biggest lessons. One is when my kids were young, I really wish that we had a quote unquote family. And it took me some time to realize that I don't need a husband. We have a family. We are a family. And we had our own traditions, like on Friday nights, we would have a picnic on the living room, watch a movie, have milk in our wine glasses. And that was our, you know, our tradition forever. And we still talk about it. My second lesson is that for the longest time I was in survival mode, I worried about the laundry. I worried about paying the bills. I worried that everything was good, under control in my house. And then I realized that I was forgetting about who I was and what was what drove me, what was my passion. For me, it's always been writing. And when I got back to that, something clicked and life became better because I was doing something for me. I think I became a better mother because I was happier. And then things picked up from there. This resonates so much with me. I've been a mom, just a mom for so long. My oldest is nine now. And I'm finally trying to do something for myself. How old are your kids? So they are 30, 36, 30. Every time they have a birthday, it messes me up. They're 37, <laughs> 34, 24, and 23. So they're really adults now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And looking back and seeing how they have developed, what do you think you did right and what could have been done better? What could have done better? Well, like I said, I think I focused too much on wishing that we had a man in our life. I also think that I probably could have been more, not not present, but I was always worried about, you know, is the laundry done? Is the kitchen clean? Is the vacuuming done? When sometimes it's okay to just let things go and sit and read a book with your kids or something like that, or go for a walk. What I did right, I think that my kids have really good values. I think they have a good work ethic. And they're just, they're good people. They're kind people. When you're raising them, and guilt is a big part of being a parent, whether you're a single mom or not, right? Yeah. So guilt is is a lie. And my kids are not serial killers. <laughs> you're in it and you're thinking, oh, I could have done this better. Oh, I should have done this today. Kids are so resilient. They really are. Yeah, yeah, true. So when was that moment that you finally woke up and you said, I'm going to do something for myself? And what woke you up, the breakthrough? So I started blogging and I think it was the blog that started it all because it kept me one accountable, even though at the beginning it was probably just one person reading it, my mother. <laughs> but that's what started it off because I would start off my days with the blog, like writing something for the blog, a post. And then I would feel so good. Then I would wake up the kids and I would get them ready for school or for daycare I would get me ready for work, get to work. And I felt like I started the day off right. Yeah. Morning routine. That's Yes, exactly. Exactly. If you want to get anything done, you need a routine. And the best thing is to start in the morning for sure. It just sets the tone for the day. Did you teach that to the kids, to your kids? Yes, and I did. It's just something simple like make your bed. Isn't it nice to, at, at the end of the day to crawl into a bed that's already nicely waiting for you as opposed to getting into a bed where it's all a big mess and that's just a tiny little thing but I think it it just kind of sets the tone I hear of moms taking care of their large families and even homeschool them and I just can't imagine how they do it all I'm struggling with my hands-on approach it's a perfectionist issue I guess you couldn't do it like me you must have had a better way any advice on that I did not homeschool my kids. My hat off to anybody who does that. Even just with COVID, I speak to my neighbors during lockdown. And I have one neighbor in particular who was apologizing to me because her and her husband, were, and they have two young kids, were always fighting. So imagine always being home with your family all the time, right? So I cannot even imagine. I think routine is a big thing. Setting goals is a big thing. One of the things that I love is whiteboards and I have one in the kitchen. And so now it's only my son who's at home. He's the last one home. And even though he's a grown ass man, he will not think about, oh, we should shovel the driveway. Oh, it's snowing out because he's always working as a little workaholic. So I put chores on it and then it's nice to have it checked off. So for your young kids, it could be, you know, one day it's one person's turn to sweep under the table after dinner they do it they put it they get because there's a, a there's a sense of accomplishment when you check things off the yeah. list. yes I agree so did you do it when they were little I did it when they were little too but now it's just my son and how did you motivate them did you give them pocket money or just the whiteboard was enough 
for them to know that they for have them it was just the whiteboard there were certain years where I didn't have any pocket money but I would we would do the list together so we would sit at the kitchen table on Sundays and we would say okay who's doing what this week we all knew who had like what had to be done and so they participated in it it's kind of like cooking if you get your kids involved in cooking they will eat it <laughs> because yeah. they feel like they made it right like i don't know just things like pizza pizza with english muffins we used to have often so i would put all the things in a bowl like the green pepper and the onions and the and the cheese and the tomato sauce and they would choose what they wanted on theirs and they would eat it if i just made it it would be like eat your supper eat your supper have some vegetables yeah i hear myself saying that all the time <laughs> but it's kind of there at school the whole day then we have a sports practice or some other kind of activity and then we're at home at 7:30 and if we start cooking at that time it's going to be so late yeah, yeah. i so hear you i'm not sure how we do it all <laughs> Did you en enroll them in activities outside school? I did. I did. Actually, one thing I'll, to your point about getting home late and having to cook, one of the things that saved me was I had a crock pot. Yeah, so I, I would I could put everything in, you know, in the morning and then set it to start at a specific time. So let's say, you know, four o'clock and then three hours later when we got home, everything was done. It was nice. It was hot. That's what I do. I love it. But they don't participate that way. Ah, 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 ah. That, well, your oldest is, is nine. And how old are your other two? Seven and four. Seven and four. Okay. So one could, I don't know, I guess your nine-year-old could cut carrots and your other one could wash another vegetable. Yeah. But your point is you have to include them so they know their responsibilities. Yes. But at the same time, I know it's hard. Like you have a list, the length of your arm, and it's so much easier to just do it yourself exactly, than to have the yes. patient. So I get it. I get it. But yes, we do want to teach kids certain skills. The main thing is that I have this vision of the adults I want them to be, to grow into. And it's so hard right now to just let them be it's so difficult this kind of behavior right now for me when they're young right. but after a few years i'm gonna want them to behave that way i hear you i hear you actually a good example is one of my kids was really really not good in school didn't care was lazy they had no interest in school or homework or whatever and when they got to I think it started at the end of high school and then they went to CJP because here we have high school, CJP and then university. They completely changed on their own, like work ethic. It just went through the roof and that was them taking it on themselves. So, have faith in them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Have, I mean, as long as you give them a good foundation, you know, good moral values, be honest, as long as they have that, they're going to turn into the people that they're meant to be anyways, right? And everybody has their own, there are children, but they have their own lessons to learn in this lifetime too. So we can't control a lot of things. Yes, and we cannot just save them from all the pain. No, we can't. And that's one of the hardest things as a parent, especially when they start going to school and they're exposed to bullies or people that 
are just not nice. Mean girls in high school was one of the situations that we went through. You just, you can't protect them from everything. You can be there for them and keep the door of communication open, but unfortunately we can't protect them. So in case of being bullied, you don't go storming at school trying to solve the problem, but rather... Well, you, I mean, there's certain things you could do if, if it depends on how excessive it is. There is one time where I had to you know, say to a teacher, this is happening. And they they were fully not aware that one of my daughters was being bullied during recess and lunchtimes, fully not aware. So now, now I put it on the radar and then they were able to watch more closely and bullying too, usually goes in phases. Thank goodness for that. You know, they outgrow it. They learn something from it too. Sometimes you're learning just to be more assertive. Yeah it can have some lessons to learn. Do you think that having a large family has given them more support or it has made them more competitive? How do you find the energy in the family? So that depends on their ages. There were ages where they fought all the time and that's kids. That was one of my most frustrating things is listening to them fight. But they grow in and out of phases. Today, they're all like friends, best friends, my son and my daughter, especially my two younger ones, they hang out all the time. Oh, that's, that's great. That's I what love I it. love them to do. I wanted to ask you what core values you want to instill. You mentioned something about being honest and yes. anything else. Honesty is a good one. I, well, this, I remember one time my oldest daughter, she was about, oh my God, she was young. She was about seven or eight And she had lied to me. I don't remember what it was. Probably wasn't a big thing, but I got so upset with her. And I remember saying to her that, you know, if if there's a lot of people in this world and a lot of people that we don't know and we don't understand, if we can't trust each other in our own house, what do we have? And that really struck a chord with her. So yes, honesty, good work ethics is important. Kindness, I think, is the biggest one to be kind to other people not be, you know, nice to the people outside and then come home and, and be mean to your siblings. I think that kindness is a is a, an important one. Yes, I see my oldest one being kind to all her friends, but she's been bullying her sister. It's a phase and it's a learning curve. This is an opportunity for you to actually, I find that demonstrating is the best way. Here's a very good example. I remember one time, I'm a teenager. And this stayed with me. So my mother, I was drying the dishes. And instead of getting mad at me, because I wasn't drying them properly, instead of getting mad at me, she took out a glass that she had dried that was already in the cupboard and a glass that I had just dried. And it was all spotty and not nice. And she goes, Mona, what glass would you rather drink from? Mm-hmm. And that was like, she could have yelled at me saying, you know, you're, you're doing a crappy job at drawing, like do a better job. But instead she demonstrated it to me. And that was like a point. She deserved a sticker for that one. <laughs> so I should demonstrate to my older one, how it feels like to be bullied like she does. I mean, and it could be just an example of, would you rather that I get mad at you because you didn't brush your teeth or would you rather that you know, we go together and we let's go brush our teeth together. They'll always choose together. Yeah. And then you, and then you use the example with, so when you speak to your younger sister or brother, I'm not sure, 
you have two girls three, and three girls I have three girls three girl. oh three girls okay so then you take an example from that and you say you know when your sister is taking your toy and you're getting mad at her wouldn't it be nice to react this way instead I find that demonstrating and also natural consequences are always more powerful than frustration and yelling and true and in the moment it's very hard to respond yep. versus react absolutely it's a muscle it's a muscle that we build were you that patient when they were young through phases through phases I'm gonna say no I was not especially my two older ones I was young too I was 21 we kind of grew up together yeah. but I learned I learned as I went okay so it's not a lost. <laughs> Absolutely not. Kids are so resilient. They really are. They and they are. will have some childhood trauma, even if we do our best. Absolutely. And like I said, they have their lessons too, right? Yeah, that's true. Do you think that work ethic comes from them looking at you, how you work, taking care of your family by yourself? And definitely kids watch us and they see how we do things and then that's their normal. But at the same time, I think that everybody's different. For example, I know, you know, somebody that has a terrific work ethic. His brother, raised by the same people, same family, has a terrible work ethic. And he's not even, you know, somebody that we would like hang out with type thing. So I think that they do learn from watching you, but they're also themselves. You mentioned the family tradition, drinking milk in a wine glass. Do you recall any other family traditions that created a nourishing environment in your home? Oh my God, yes. So on Saturday mornings, especially with my older girls, we, because Monday to Friday was rush, 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 take them to the daycare, especially when they were really young, take me to work, rush back to the daycare to pick them up. Saturday mornings for us was they would come in my bed each with the book, and we would just lie in bed and, and read for, I don't know, half an hour or whatever. There was no rushing. And that was another kind of source of pride. I love reading. We have a huge library ourselves. So we have the same tradition. When we get up in the morning, everybody gets their book and we just read. So I love nice. that. It, Very nice. It, you're together, but at the same time, you're doing your own thing. Yes, yes, exactly. And did your kids continue to read? Oh, yeah, that? they're, they're all readers. They really are all readers. I think only one. One is not such a reader, but the rest are readers. I think that if you enjoy reading, it's almost like a, it's a gift because not everybody enjoys reading. Reading teaches you so much. I mean, it takes you away. It's like a vacation. At the same time, there's so much out there from self-help to learning how to do anything. Kids prefer to watch videos, though. So yes, that's where we're at in this in this time. Absolutely, it is mm -hmm. videos. Just adults too. Yeah, true. And they're older now, so it's not a problem. But phones for me and screen time is such an issue because they're starting to show too much interest, and I want to shield them for as long as possible. Yeah, normal. Phone. It is normal. I mean, I see people in restaurants that are, you know, there's four people sitting on a date around the table and they're all on their phones. So yeah. yeah that's so sad. Yeah. It is. Do you think it's important to be friends with friends of your children and their families just to stay in touch? I think yes. When I was younger, it was hard because I was so busy. But as my kids became teenagers, I preferred them hanging out 
at my house with their friends than being outside. So I always had an open door policy in that because when they're home, I know what they're doing. I know where they are. I know who they're with. When they're out, I don't know what they're doing or who they're with, especially during the teenage years. And they were okay to be home. Oh yeah, I made it fun. I made it fun. I laughed with their friends. I was silly too, kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, I would leave them alone. They called me by my first name. I made sure to always have snacks and drinks like juice and whatever in the fridge. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. good job. Uh, There's a question I love to ask. Um, If you could address moms worldwide and you can give them one parenting advice, what would it be? Have confidence in yourself. Have confidence. Like I said earlier, guilt is a big thing. If you make a decision, whatever that decision is, and I tell my kids this now, whatever that decision is, know why you did it and don't regret it. Make it for a reason. So a good example is we had Super Bowl Sunday last Sunday. And every year we go to a friend's house. And my son this year decided not to go. He wanted to get ready for the week. and then. The next day he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't go. I'm sorry, I I regret not going. And it's like, don't you made the decision to stay home. You wanted to get ready for the week. You're ready for the week. Stand by your decision. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to regret it. It's done anyway. Exactly. You have a lot to be proud of. Being a single parent and kicking ass, being an accomplished writer, a speaker. Tell us, what is the achievement you're most proud of? Uh, Well, I'm very, very proud of my kids. I really am. And I'm going to say my book, Superwoman, A Funny and Reflective Look at Single Motherhood. I always knew that I was going to write this book because at the time, this is before internet, as a single mom, I was lonely. Like I felt very alone. If something was going on with my kids, I had nobody to talk to about it. I felt very lonely today. There's chat groups and there's all kinds of platforms where single moms can give each other support. But I'm proud of my book because it was my way of sharing what I went through with other single moms to remind them that they're not alone. But it was also a love letter to younger me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have the support of your parents or some friends? A little bit. Friends, not so much because I was very driven and I was very, you know, get home, take care of the kids, start over the next day. So, and also too, I didn't have support from their fathers. So I couldn't make plans with friends and who wants to hang out with, you know, a a 20 something or a 30 something year old single mom who can never go out with other kids. Oh yeah. That's hard. Social life is really hard. Yeah. So now it's your time to shine. Kids out of the home. That's it. Tell us about your podcast. So my podcast is called Single Moms with Moxie. Moxie is a word that I really love because it means bravery, courage. And also it's my humor blog is Moxie Dude. So I wanted to keep that even though it's different topics. I wanted to keep that. So basically I interview single moms to share their experiences. I interview parenting experts. I share my stories. It's all about single parenting. Nice. Mona, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. This was an incredible conversation, very potent, tons of useful advice. Please tell our listeners where they can find you and learn more from you. Sure. Well, first of all, 
pleasure having me. Loved being on your show. Thank you so much. It was a very interesting conversation. You asked some very good questions. And my hat off to you again for having three kids and you're very young and good for you. So I have a personal blog called moxiedude.com. It's M-O-X-I-E hyphen D-U-D-E.com. I'm on Twitter as moxiedude. I'm on Instagram as, as just Mona Andre, And I'm on Facebook. Great. Thank you. Thank you. As promised, here are the six takeaways from this engaging conversation. One, you're a better mom when you take the time to do something for yourself. When you follow your passion, you are happier and more present when you are with the kids. Two, when you start your day with a morning routine, it sets the tone for the whole day. Kids would also greatly benefit from a routine, even if it consists of the simplest things. Three, when it comes to household chores, use a whiteboard where kids can check things off. It gives them a sense of accomplishment. Every week, sit around the table and create a list of chores together so that everyone knows their responsibilities. Four, kids watch us and see how we do things, and this becomes their normal. They learn from us, yet at the same time, they're also being themselves. Five, teach kids to stand by their decision, to know why they made it and to not regret it. Six, you cannot protect your children from everything. They will have their own lessons to learn in this lifetime. Give them a good foundation, good moral values, and have faith in them. Stop blaming yourself, thinking you could have done things better. Kids are resilient. They will be all right. Thank you so much for listening and letting me be a part of your day. If you enjoyed this episode or the show in general, please share it with a friend and help me reach more moms around the world. I would also appreciate it if you consider leaving me a review. Reviews are literally the lifeblood of a podcaster and help me so much. Don't forget to subscribe so you get notified when a new episode drops. See you next week!